Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode is 12 fun wedding planning tasks you can do together. And by you, I mean you and your partner. So your groom, your bride, your significant other tasks that you can do together. Um, You could probably do some of these with your wedding party, your mom, your brother, your cousin. Uh, But I specifically mean that these are tasks that you and your partner can do together, your fiance. So of course, right off the bat, let me just say not all parts of wedding planning are fun. (laughs) That's probably one of the reasons you have decided to download this podcast is because you're probably dealing with a little bit of wed stress, running into some problems, some challenges, some things you just don't want to do, some things that are taking up way too much time, too much money, too much effort. I feel you. I am planning my own wedding for September. And even though I thought it was going to be the most chill planning experience, since we're doing a pretty low key wedding, it's quite small. It's at a family member's house. There have definitely been a few dozen points of stress. And uh, I needed this list for myself just to remind me that there are lots of really fun wedding planning tasks that my fiance and I can enjoy together. Um, So sometimes, you know, you just, you need that break. You got to give yourself a little grace. You got to do the fun stuff because you don't want to be super stressed and upset and just, you know, dealing with it all for 12 to 18 to 24 to 36 months of your wedding planning. So before I jump in, I would also like to say that, you know, these are fun wedding planning tasks you can do together. However, this does not mean that your fiance is totally off the hook and only has to help out with these 12 things. I did an entire episode on why your groom needs to be planning the wedding. If I'm speaking to, uh, if you're a bride and in a hetero relationship, so often brides end up planning the entire thing. And it's just kind of assumed that, oh, because, you know, society has told you, you need this big white wedding. That means you have to take on the entire burden of planning it. And the guys get out of it by just saying, oh, I don't care. I'll do anything. And it's like, that's the least helpful thing. Like, I need you not only to have an opinion, but I need you to follow through with it. Um, this, let me just jump on this soapbox for a minute here. So I think everyone knows it's, you know, it's super common knowledge that in a hetero couple, uh, the bride is going to be expected to do all of the wedding planning, that all of the vendors are going to talk just to her. The wedding industry is very bride centric. Everyone assumes she's making all the plans. She's doing all of the work and the groom's going to do nothing. So everyone's heard this, right? So someone, I don't know who it is, told the grooms, hey, you need to step up. You need to help her out. You need to give her an opinion. So grooms all got together and decided, oh, okay, I'll give my opinion. But they forgot that part, the follow through. (laughs) It is not helpful for a groom to walk in and demand something. I see this on the Facebook groups all the time. They'll say like, oh, my groom came to me today and said he really wants to have purple, I don't know, purple tablecloths at the wedding. And that's it. They just drop their opinion and leave and they pat themselves on the back and they think, oh, I've, I've helped so much. I gave an opinion. I looked at, you know, a few photos on Pinterest and I told her what I wanted. Look at me helping to wedding plan. No, no, no. If you want purple tablecloths, it's your job to get on Amazon 
on Etsy, on all the different, you know, party rental websites, find the purple tablecloths, figure out how much they're going to cost, figure out if they're available, figure out delivery time. Do you need to steam them ahead of time? How do you get them back? What happens if they're dirty? You got to do the work. You can't just drop an opinion and leave. That's not helpful. <laughs> so sorry, I will get off this soapbox, but all this to say that these fun wedding planning tasks should not be the only thing that your partner is involved in. Your partner should be right there with you, helping out with the planning, you know, 50-50, taking ownership of things, uh, especially if they are trying to throw around some demands as if that is helpful. Uh, if you're demanding something, then you need to get off your hiney and make it happen. <laughs> okay, I promise, off the soapbox. Okay, let's jump into it. So the 12 fun wedding planning tasks that you and your partner can do together. All right, so task number one is making a playlist. So even if you have hired a DJ, you still have to decide on some key songs. So probably your processional song, what uh, usually the bride, but other members of the wedding party, whoever the groom, what they're coming down the aisle to, the recessional song, that's what you're walking back up the aisle to, uh, your first dance song, if you're doing any parent dances, if you're playing a special song during the signing of the marriage license, during the cake cutting, if you're doing any bouquet or garter tosses, anything like that, any moment in your wedding, and there are tons where you might need a special song, that's something that you and your partner can sit down and decide on. So even if you do have a DJ hired, you'll still have to provide them with those special song lists. And then if you don't have a DJ hired, uh, you get to make all of the playlists. That's all on you. So you might need a separate playlist for, you know, ceremony music when your guests are arriving and finding their seat. What sort of songs do you want to be playing during cocktail hour? You might need a separate playlist for that. And then, of course, you know, dinner while they're eating. What will you be playing? And then dancing. What, uh, what songs will you be playing? So it's actually super fun. This is something my partner and I did. Um, ages ago, it was one of our very first wedding planning tasks. We sat down and put together a playlist for our reception, which is basically just going to be sort of dinner and mingling. We're not really doing a dance floor or anything like that. So our criteria was just, you know, songs that songs that would play in a restaurant that like you could listen to while you're eating dinner that aren't going to be super distracting or loud. Um, but we wanted to make sure they were all, you know, really nice love songs and not about breakups or cheating or being single or things like that. And it was funny as we were going through our personal playlist, how many songs we just listened to, you know, on a day to day basis that are about cheating and breakups and people being horrible. <laughs> and it's all these, you know, favorites. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to have um, for example, Sam Smith, I think voice of an angel, uh, like almost every single one of his songs is about, uh, you know, one night stands and breaking up and people, you know, aren't, who aren't in love. And it was, I think I found one Sam Smith song that I could put onto our wedding playlist, but it was super fun to sit down and, you know, play my favorite songs for my partner. And he played his favorite songs for me. And we put together this playlist and the awesome thing about us putting it together so early in our wedding planning is I just have it on my, you know, my Spotify now as a playlist. And every now and then, you know, maybe once a week or so, I play it while I'm just, you know, doing my work or going about my day. And it puts a huge smile on my face to know like, oh, these are the songs that are going to play, you know, once once we're married, when we're with all of our, well, not all of our, all 20 of our friends and family, um, you know, cutting into our cake and eating dinner and celebrating our marriage. Like this is our, these are the wedding songs and, oh, that's a song he picked and, oh, that's a song I picked. And it just puts a huge smile on my face. So I would definitely recommend task number one, make a playlist for whatever part of the wedding that needs a playlist. Even, you know, you're getting ready playlist when you're doing um, your hair, your makeup, you're getting dressed, whatever you're doing in the earlier part of the day to get ready for your wedding. Like that's a really fun playlist to make. So definitely suggest uh, spending some time on those playlists and doing those together can be really fun. 
Task number two is doing uh, tastings or trying any of the food, drink, and desserts that you'll be serving at your wedding. So of course, this is probably when you heard the title of this episode, this is probably the first thing you thought of. So fun. Who doesn't like trying delicious food and drinks? Um, this is super, yeah, probably one of the best parts of wedding planning is getting to try your catering, doing a cake tasting, trying any drinks that you'll be serving. It's a really good time. I know during COVID, a lot of um, catering places and restaurants and bakeries are not doing tastings anymore, but you can still kind of do a DIY version. For example, the bakery that you're ordering your cake from, maybe they don't have you come in to try slices of cake, but maybe they can send you home with some cupcakes or something like that. So there's lots of ways to do it. Um, my partner and I, we are just ordering from local restaurants for our wedding because we only have 20 guests. So it's been super fun. We're going to serve sushi and pizza and we're deciding right now between like cheesecake or cupcakes or donuts. So we've had a great time sort of just ordering all of our favorite foods from all around the city. And, you know, sometimes we'll have our moms over or some friends over and we'll try them. And it's just, it's been so fun. Like it's so fun to try new foods and fun desserts, but to do it with a little bit of a purpose. You know, we take notes while we're trying them. Um, it's, it's really exciting and it's always, it's always a good time when you're eating good food. And you can definitely do that with your drinks as well, especially if you're planning on doing any signature cocktails or something like that. You could have a whole date night out of, you know, trying to mix a few drinks for each other. You could sign up for an online bartending class and, you know, follow along, make drinks that way. You could do a wine tasting night. Uh, it's just a really fun, it's a really fun thing to do, right? You don't need me to tell you that eating delicious food and drinking delicious cocktails is fun. Of course it's fun. Um, and you can do that just the two of you, or, you know, if your restrictions allow, you could have some friends or family over to try it with you. Task number three is designing your wedding stationery. So this would be like invitations, save the dates, uh, if you're doing programs or menus or seating cards, things like that. Um, this is a fun task for some people. I am definitely some people. I love paper products. I love, you know, jumping onto Canva and doing some design work. I think if you had asked my partner before we started our wedding planning, he would say this is not fun, but he's actually been so into it. So this is, that's something I would say for a lot of the ta these tasks, you know, at first glance, your partner might look at this list and say, absolutely not. I, you know, I have no interest in any of those things, but once they get into it, they might realize they actually really love it. So for us, one of the things we're doing, we're designing our own invites. We're doing that on Canva, which is a really awesome website. If you haven't been on it, you can do it all for free. Um, so we're designing our own invites on Canva and we're incorporating some of our travels. Travel's a really big part of our relationship. We've been to lots of really cool places, have lived abroad together, and we're using photos from the different places that we've traveled on our invites. And it was so much fun. We've spent, you know, a few nights uh, choosing the photos, picking the right font, moving images around, playing with the colors. And it's just been a really good time. And it's something you can do, you know, it's super creative. That's probably not, I mean, I don't know what you and your partner do together, but you probably don't, um, you know, do graphic design together very often. So it's a really cool thing to do with your partner. And it's also like, just super easy. Like it's something you can do on the couch after dinner. Uh, you know, we hook up our, our computer to the TV. So it's on a big screen. One of us works the mouse, the other one sits on the couch and kind of, um, you know, gives their two cents. Uh, and it's really, yeah, it's fun, but it's also a really great way to make sure that all of those paper pieces, especially the invites and the save the dates, you know, the website, the first uh, parts of your wedding that your guests are going to see to make sure that it really represents you both because you'll both have a hand in it. And it's also nice to get an extra set of eyes on something. You know, when I was playing around in Canva myself before I kind of made this a project for both of us, there was definitely points where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. Everything looks the same. I can't decide. So it's really nice 
nice to have someone else come in and say, nope, I like this one. I don't like this one. Here's how we're going to fix it. Um, yeah, so super fun. So task number three was designing your stationery. Task number four is an engagement photo shoot. So a lot of couples choose to do engagement photo shoots before their wedding. Uh, lots of great reasons to do this. It's good practice, you know, before your wedding, you can, um, you know, especially if you're not used to taking professional photos, this is a really great way to figure out like, oh, you know, this is my best side. I look really good in this angle. Here are the types of photos I really love. Here are the ones I hate. Uh, you know, 90 minutes is too long, things like that. It's a good way to get to know your photographer if you're using the same photographer for your engagement shoot and for your wedding photos, um, for you to get comfortable with your photographer and comfortable in front of their camera. It's also a great way to just get, you know, gorgeous photos of the two of you that you can use throughout your wedding. So it's a super fun task that obviously you'll have to do together. And I know at first glance, again, especially in, you know, stereotypical heterosexual relationships, a lot of grooms are dragging their feet. They don't want to do the engagement shoot. They don't want to pick out a fancy outfit. They, you know, they can't imagine spending however long, 30, 60, 90 minutes in front of a camera with you. But, um, you know, even if they do resist, I find a lot of them actually really enjoy it on the day. So my partner and I, we didn't do an engagement shoot, but we did do a sort of, we call it a family photo shoot. It was the two of us and our dog <laughs> um, when we were living abroad in Europe. And uh, it was totally something that I spearheaded. I was like, I think this would be really fun. It's, you know, the photographers are a lot more affordable here. It's such a good way to... Um, remember our time abroad so let's do it and he kind of dragged his feet but was like okay fine you know if it's something you want to do let's do it but on the day of the photo shoot he had a blast he had such a good time because it's really it's just you know it's making each other laugh it's holding hands it's finding cool things to pose in front of the photographer was really nice so i think you'll find a lot of grooms um or whoever the partner is who's kind of dragging their feet they kind of eat their words after the photo shoot and they're like okay that was actually a really good time um so i definitely recommend it and it's also you know not just taking the photos is fun it's really fun when you get them back too so you can do you know a whole date night you can get a bottle of your favorite I don't know, wine, champagne, whatever, get some good takeout, sit down on the couch and go through the photos one by one. And then you also get to pick, you know, which photos do you want to use and what do you want to use them for? Do you want to put them on your save the dates? Do you want to put them in a guest book? Do you want to put them on your wedding website? So lots of fun can be had from the engagement photo shoot. And that's why that is the fourth task, the fun thing that you can do with your partner. Okay, moving on to task number five. So the fifth fun task you can do together is outfit shopping. Now I know, again, this is probably not fun for everyone. And same thing, my partner hates shopping, does not enjoy going out to buy clothes for himself, um, but has actually gotten so into his suit shopping. Like he's looking up photos, he's on Pinterest, he's on, I don't know, whatever the different uh, wedding magazine sites are. He's really excited. He's going for like a, a unique color. He's getting it custom fit, you know, made, made for him, made to measure. So he's super excited about it and he'll bring it up out of the blue and show me photos and stuff. And it's so cool to see him excited about this aspect of wedding planning and it's a task that he's really like owning as his own that I don't have to be part of. And I know not all couples want to see each other's um, outfits before the wedding. So this might not work for you um, in terms of going shopping for, let's say, you know, you're wearing a dress and he's wearing a suit or vice versa or whatever you're wearing, jumpsuits, leather jackets, uh, overalls, whatever it is, shorts. I've seen it all. All looks amazing. Uh, if you're not comfortable seeing each other's outfits beforehand, this probably isn't something you can do in terms of going shopping together. But you can still, you know, brainstorm together, 
um, give each other opinions. You can talk accessories, like you can talk about, hey, I don't want to see your dress, but yeah, let's look at, you know, um, jewelry or veils or I don't know, mittens or shawls or hats, whatever you happen to be adding to it. Um, you can also decide on your wedding party's outfit. So if you're asking people in your wedding party to get, you know, suits or dresses or again, overalls, jumpsuits, whatever it is you're doing, that's something that you can collaborate on together. And I find it's more fun. I mean, for me personally, I enjoy shopping for other people more than I do myself, especially when it comes to clothes. It's so nice to be able to, you know, give my opinion and choose colors I like and styles I like without actually having to try anything on. <laughs> um, so, you know, choosing wedding party outfits together is, is a lot more fun, in my opinion, than choosing my own outfit. <laughs> Task number six, this is kind of an offshoot of task number five, is pet outfit shopping. So if you're incorporating your dog, your cat, your iguana, your horse, your potbelly pig into your wedding, it's super fun to get them a little outfit, a little something special for the wedding day. If you go to Etsy or, you know, anywhere online and just type in like wedding dog, wedding cat, you will find so many absolutely stinking cute options. So we are getting a little bandana made for our dog that says dog of honor, which I think is just the cutest thing. <laughs> and um, as I've shared before, we're not doing a wedding party. So she's kind of our only wedding party member is the little dog of honor. And it was so cute to go through all the different pages of Etsy together and decide what we want and pick the color and make sure it's the right size. So there's lots of stuff like that um, that you could get for your pet little bandanas or leashes or collars or hats or signs. I've seen lots of dogs who wear signs that say like, here comes the bride or whatever it is. And even if your pet is not going to be at your wedding, maybe you're going to take some wedding photos ahead of time. Maybe they'll be at your engagement photo shoot. Maybe you just want to put a cute photo of them up on your wedding website or on the guest book or something like that. So it's still a, a nice idea to look at least, you know, take a look through Etsy and see if anything catches your eye. You can get, you know, some of these little bandanas or signs or something for not too much money, you know, $10, $20 or something like that. So definitely worth a look. And it's, you know, a fun thing that you can do together. So the seventh fun wedding planning task that you and your partner could do together is writing your vows. Now I know that sounds scary and like not fun at all, but I promise it'll actually be a really sweet and sentimental time. And I don't know if this is just my partner, but so many times when we spend a part of our day doing something that's really like intentional for our relationship, like the other night, you know, we sat down and talked about, um, I don't know what it was. It was something, something to do with future children. You know, we had a discussion about that and that ended up being the best part of his day. So I think we underestimate, especially again in hetero relationships. And I apologize about how heteronormative the talk has been today. That's, that's my experience. Um, I'm trying hard to use uh, more inclusive terms, but uh, speaking to my own experience, um, I think a lot of times we underestimate how sentimental uh, men can actually be just, you know, the patriarchy, toxic masculinity, all of that terrible stuff. Um, but yeah, so many times when we actually do something really sentimental or romantic or about our relationship, that actually ends up being uh, highlights for both of us. So don't underestimate uh, that, you know, vow writing could actually be something that your partner is really into. So I think you could really make a night of it. You could sit down, you know, get some nice wine out, get a get a dessert, you could combine this with your dessert tasting, put on a playlist, perhaps that wedding playlist that you put together, sit down and you know, you can take a vow course, there's lots of vow courses online that you can take together. Or you can just read through some, you know, how to write wedding vows, some vow inspiration online. And then both of you, you know, you're still in the same room, but maybe you want to keep them private. So you each have a pad of paper and you write down some of your ideas. I think it's just a really sweet way to 
to spend your time to make sure you're both doing something, you know, intentional for the wedding and also to ensure that it actually gets done. Because, you know, so many couples who are rushing to write their vows the morning of the wedding. So this is kind of nice if you set this up in your wedding planning to do, you know, a few weeks or a few months before the wedding, you actually sit down, you know, put some dates on the calendar when you're going to sit down and write your vows together. It's it's no pressure. It's no stress. It's just something we're both going to do. Um, and it's, yeah, it's super sweet. And I'm, I'm really passionate about couples writing their own vows. I think it's awesome. I'm going to do a whole episode on it. However, even if you don't want to write your own vows, there's still lots of options out there for you. Um, usually the traditional vows, you can tweak them a little bit, or you can sort of, um, you know, vows are something you're allowed to plagiarize. You can copy and paste if you find some cool ones online. So there's lots to do with vows. And again, I will do a whole episode all about vows. So stay tuned for that. All right, friends, we are getting there. So fun wedding planning task number eight is planning any pre-party. So pre-wedding parties. These would be your engagement party, your wedding shower, bachelor, bachelorette parties, anything like that. So despite the fact that wedding planning can be really stressful, sometimes planning these pre-weddings is uh, less stressful because there's just less pressure. Like you don't have to be perfect. It's not 200 people going to be photographed, the one-time wedding. It's, you know, hanging out with five of your favorite friends on a, you know, long weekend in Napa Valley or something like that. It's, you know, uh, grabbing cocktails with 50 friends to celebrate your engagement. It's a party in your mom's backyard as, you know, to shower you with gifts, something like that. So there's less pressure, you know, things don't have to be perfect. You have a lot more room for creativity and fun, which, you know, if you're kind of party planning people or you enjoy, uh, I don't know, logistics, events, you enjoy parties, um, this is totally something that you can have a lot of fun with by making it just more personal and making it about you. So whether that is incorporating, you know, games or favors or really cool desserts or decorations, whatever part of wedding planning, um, or sorry, party planning you are jazzed about is, is something you can really go in on for these pre-parties. And especially if you feel like the wedding version of that is like, let's say, let's say desserts, for example. So let's say, you know, for the wedding, you are getting this huge cake and it's, you know, a little bit stressful. It's really expensive. You're not really cake people, but you've decided, hey, we have a ton of guests and our friend is a baker. So we've decided to get this big cake. But for the engagement party, we're going to do um, cookies and milk or we're going to do donuts or we're going to do, you know, we're going to have an ice cream truck come by, just something like that. That could be really fun and more representative of the two of you. And maybe it's not something that would work for the wedding. Um, but it's something you could do at one of these pre-wedding parties. Task number nine is shopping for gifts and writing thank you cards. And again, I know for some people that's going to sound like a chore. For me, that sounds really fun. I love writing. Um, I love stationery and cards. I love shopping for gifts for other people. I don't know that I'm necessarily good at it, but I think it's a fun task. <laughs> um, so again, it's a chance to get really creative and personalized, especially when it comes to gifts. I know there are so many, so many options on Etsy. If you type in like mother of the bride gift, father of the groom gift, uh, you'll see a ton of really personal personal options. And hopefully you can find something for the people in your life that you are going to be buying presents for, whether that's parents or wedding party members, or maybe some of your vendors, like your officiant or your wedding planner, something like that, whoever you're buying a gift for, just to say thank you. Um, I think I've done an episode before on gifts. Um, if not, I will. <laughs> um, Cause I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, what makes a good gift, how much you need to spend, what people actually want. <laughs> I think I've done this episode, head back in the archives, look up the word gift. I'm sure it's in there. Same with thank you cards. I think that's something that 
again, it sounds really daunting and it's going to be this horrible time, but it's actually kind of nice. Like you can, you know, put on your favorite show again, crack a bottle of wine, get some good food, sit down and just bang out a few cards a night. A lot of couples start writing these cards before the wedding, especially if they receive gifts off their registry, or this is a task you can do sort of post-wedding, but still I would say counts as a wedding task. And just sitting down and writing those together can be really nice. Number 10, the 10th fun wedding planning task you can do together is any DIY or crafting projects. Again, fun for some, not fun for others. But I think if you are, you know, typically not someone who does a lot of crafting and definitely not with your partner, like you two don't often do activities that are creative and DIY and artsy, it's actually really cool to sit down and kind of flex that muscle. Um, for example, you know, a lot of couples go and do a paint night. Those uh, those activities, I'm sure you've seen it. Everyone sort of copies the same painting that the instructor has, and they go around and they teach you how to paint, and you have wine, and it's super fun. It's, it's that, but it's at home, and it's some sort of wedding planning task. So it'll depend, of course, what the task is. Maybe you're putting together uh, centerpieces, or you're making... Uh, programs, whatever it is, but something fun that the two of you can do. And again, you can have your favorite TV show on, you can be drinking some wine, eating some snacks, but it's just a cool way to sort of both, um, you know, try something new, get creative, flex those muscles and do it together. All right, we are almost in the home stretch. I've got two fun wedding planning tasks left for you and then a few final words. So task number 11 is practicing your first dance. Now, I know that sounds a little bit silly, a little bit, uh, you know, cheesy, but it actually can be really fun. Um, again, I don't know you and your partner, but me and my partner, we don't dance together all that often. Uh, we are not the kind of people who are going out to clubs. We're not, um, you know, putting on music and dancing around the house. So the only time we really do dance together is weddings or, I don't know, forever ago when we did used to go out to clubs. So it's actually kind of nice to have an excuse to, you know, put on some music and dance around the living room, have those moments. You can be silly. You can, you know, make a joke out of it for a little while, but it, it does really become this sort of nice intimate moment between the two of you. And it can be just the two of you, you know, in your house doing whatever you want to do. Um, you could take a class. There are tons of dance instructors. You know, you can go to their studio. You can have them come to your house. You can pay for private lessons. You could also just, you know, I think if you YouTube first dance lessons, you could probably find um, some free version of dance lessons if you need it. But even if you're not planning to take formal lessons, it's a really good idea just to practice your first dance. You know, get those nerves out. Get a better feeling for your song. Um you know, depending you or your partner, one of you might be really nervous, or maybe you're just, you know, not as comfortable dancing, and you kind of start the beat a little bit different, and you're having a hard time, you know, staying in tune with each other. So it's just a good idea, you know, put it on, why not dance around your house a little bit, make some some fun memories, get better at it, make sure you're comfortable enough, you don't have to be a pro, um, but just comfortable enough that you can at least sway in rhythm with one another for one to two minutes before your DJ, <laughs> you know, lets you go. And the last fun wedding planning task that you can do together that I have on this list for you is practicing your first kiss. Because who doesn't want to practice that? That sounds fun, right? <laughs> Again, I know that sounds kind of silly. You're probably thinking we've kissed, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of times. Why do we have to practice? But it is that, you know, it's your first kiss. It's pretty epic. It's something your photographer is going to want to capture. It's something that all of your guests will be watching. So yeah, why not? 
you know, go ahead, go ahead and practice it. You don't have to obviously, you know, rehearse it to death and over and over and say, okay, I'm going to come in at an 83 degree angle, but just, you know, a little bit, Hey, my head's going to go this way. Yours will go that way. Who's, you know, am I going to put my hands on your face or is that going to smudge your makeup or ruin your hair? Should I put my hands on your waist? Do we want to do just a cute peck? Are we doing, if anyone's seen The Wedding Singer, you know, what is it, Tasteful Church Tongue or something like that? Um, it, it's good to know. You don't want to, you don't want to mess this one up. I don't want to put pressure on you because I'm sure it'll be absolutely beautiful and perfect. And even if it is a bit funny, you know, you stumble, you miss or something like that, I'm sure people will love it. You'll love it still. But it's a good idea to practice it because you probably will have um, you know, those pictures in your house or in a wedding album somewhere. And definitely everyone will be watching. It's all eyes on you at that moment. So it's a good idea to be on the same page about what you want that kiss to look like. And one more note about the first kiss, if I may. Um, if your officiant doesn't already know to do this, please tell them to get the heck out of the way. Because <laughs> the, oh, this is one of my biggest wedding pet peeves when the Officiant will say, I now pronounce you married, you may kiss. They stand there right between your first kiss and you get all these horribly creepy photos of couples having their first kiss and this stranger of, you know, a priest or a minister or officiant or commissioner or justice of the peace, whatever it is, standing there with a big creepy smile on their face and they're, you know, the officiant's face is right in between that first kiss and ugh, it's so cringy. Um, even if they know you, even if they don't, you know, if they do know you or they don't know you, it doesn't matter, it's still cringy. You don't want their face in your first kiss. So please tell your officiant if this isn't something they already do to get out of the way. They can say, I now pronounce you married, you may kiss, take a huge step or two out of the way and then you kiss. So discuss that with your officiant, tell them, <laughs> tell them I listened to the unconventional wedding planning podcast and they told me to make sure you GTFO so I can have a beautiful photo of my first kiss without your creepy face in the background. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that, but you know what I mean. So make sure you work it out with your officiant that they are stepping out of the way and then give them time to get out of the way. Your nerves, you know, your nerves will probably be high. You'll probably be anxious to get your kiss in, but give your officiant, you know, a beat, a, a half a second to take those few steps to get out of the frame and then kiss and do hold your kiss for a little longer so your photographer can grab that photo. So I said this was going to be, you know, a low-key practice first kiss, but apparently there's a little bit more that goes into it. So those were the 12 wedding planning tasks. I will run through them again quickly. It's making a playlist, trying the food, drinks, and desserts, designing your stationery, doing an engagement shoot, going outfit shopping, going outfit shopping for your pet, writing your vows, planning your pre-wedding parties, gift shopping and thank you cards, doing any DIY crafting projects, practicing your first dance and practicing your first kiss. So 12 really fun things that you and your partner can do together that will help your wedding planning. Now, I do want to say that, you know, those were 12 tasks. However, I think, honestly, all wedding plat planning tasks can be fun if you come in with the right attitude. So you want to remember why you're getting married, you know, why you picked this person, why any of the stress or challenges are worth it. You want to come in with a really relaxed and happy attitude. Don't start wedding planning once you're already, you know, super stressed. Don't wait to do it till midnight when you're so tired or right after, you know, a really long day at work. Focus on your marriage. Remember that the lifetime marriage is way more important than this one day wedding. 
do it with a drink <laughs> if that helps. If it helps to sit down and do wedding planning with a beverage in your hand, that is, I mean, I'm not condoning anything, but I think that's totally fine. Set a time limit. If you find yourself getting really stressed about wedding planning, tell yourself, okay, I'm only going to do wedding planning one day a week or, you know, one hour a day, whatever it is, and have something fun planned afterwards. So if you have to do something difficult, um, I don't know, do some shopping on Amazon or apply for a marriage license, whatever it is, have something fun planned for yourself after that. Maybe you're going to go see a movie or go get an ice cream cone or have a bubble bath, whatever it is. Lastly, I will say sometimes you just need an actual break. No matter how fun the wedding planning task is, no matter how relaxed and happy you are, you know, heading into the task, sometimes you just need an actual break from your wedding planning. And I believe I did a full episode on, you know, how to take a break and why it is totally fine, especially in this age of COVID planning and replanning and postponing and canceling and downsizing. It is so understandable that you might need an actual full break from your wedding planning. And that is totally, totally okay. You don't have to force yourself to do any of these wedding planning tasks. There are people who get married, you know, with six months of planning, three months, three weeks, two weeks. I've heard of couples who, you know, decide to get married and two days later they're getting married. So you can absolutely take a break no matter where you are in your wedding planning. My advice is always to choose the path of least resistance. So that might be just, you know, completely forgetting something. Let's say it is, let's say it's the cake. So you're getting super stressed about the wedding cake. You can't find one you like it, you know, they won't deliver. They don't have the flavors you want. It's too expensive. So my advice is to choose the path of least resistance. So that could be completely throwing it out. Just say, you know what? We're not doing a wedding cake. It's the caterers are already providing dessert. Nobody likes wedding cake. Nobody eats it. We're just, we're not going to bother. It could be to throw money at the situation for you. You know, if money's not, um, if money's not an issue right now, perhaps that's the path of least resistance and you just find, you know, a baker, even if they're more expensive, but if they're going to handle everything, it's going to be tasty. They're going to deliver. They're going to set up. They're going to, you know, take all the stress out of it. Fine. Throw money at the situation or you can delegate, you know, go to your partner, go to your wedding planner, go to a very helpful family member or a friend and say, hey, I'm super stressed. Can you please take the wedding cake off of my plate? I need to hand this away to somebody. All of those options are totally, totally fine. If you find yourself, you know, just super stressed, not feeling it, uh, having a hard time with wedding planning with your relationship, definitely do take that break and then just head out on a date with your partner because that, that should always be fun. Leave wedding planning at home, forget about it, put the spreadsheets and the endless tabs open on your computer and emails and reminders and all those other things. Leave those all at home, go out on a date, have some fun because remember wedding planning and the wedding is just going to be a small part of your relationship and it is totally fine to take a break, focus on what really matters and have some fun before you jump back in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings.